Welcome to Rhema for Today Radio. If you abide in Him and His words abide in you. Because when His words abide in you, then you will know His will. His word is His will. And you are asking according to His will. Then you don't have to pray if it be thy will, because you know what His will is. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, The Will of God in Prayer by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message. But you know, the believer, walking in fellowship with the Word, will never ask for anything outside of the will of God. And if he's not walking in fellowship with the Word, he's not going to have a successful prayer life and get answers anyhow. Do you remember what Jesus said in John's Gospel? Turn with me to the 15th chapter of John's Gospel in the 7th verse. Jesus said, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done. Now, you know, the same person is writing both of these books. This first epistle of John, the Gospel of John, are written by the Apostle John. Here he says, here in this first epistle of John, our text for the series of lessons, here he said, and this is the confidence, the boldness that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now in John, uh, the gospel, John's gospel, the 15th chapter, 7th verse, quoting Jesus said, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will. Now we don't say ye and thee and thou today, we say you. And so he said, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now one time John says something about his will, and here he says something about your will, or ask what you will, and it will be done. You will have what you will, but under what circumstances? If you abide in him, and his words abide in you. Because when his words abide in you, then you will know his will. His word is his will, and you are asking according to his will. Then you don't have to pray if it be thy will, because you know what his will is. Now, for instance, we know that saving the lost is his will. Don't we know that? How do we know that? We know that because the word of God tells us it's true. We know that because the golden text of the Bible, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We know that because the word of God says, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, there are a host of other scriptures. I'm just citing these two here. You do not have to pray, Lord, if it's your will, save my son. Or you don't have to pray, Lord, if it's your will, save my daughter or my husband or my wife or this person or that person. You know his will for that ahead of time, don't you? Now hold that in your mind. And let's read this again. This is the confidence, the boldness, that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now did you let that soak in? And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Did he hear you when you prayed for that unsaved loved one? Is that his will, that they be saved? Well, if it is, did you ask according to his will? Surely. Well, we have this confidence then, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Then he heard you, didn't he? 
All right, now, listen. And we know, if we know that he hear us, well, we know he heard us because it's according to his will, whatsoever we ask. Then we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Did he hear you then? Well, yes. But they're not saved yet, Brother Hagin. Well, you see what you're doing? You're siding in against the word and saying it's a lie. So it won't work for you. You see, unconsciously, we give the lie to God's word. Now, I, don't know, I know we don't mean to. But unconsciously, we're taking sides against the word and saying it isn't true by our actions, by a lot of things that we say. We're really saying, no, it doesn't work. No, it isn't so. I won't ask you a question. What if you were in need of a little extra money and you do business with a certain bank? You have borrowed money there before, like many of us have. So you say to your banker, I want to borrow $100 for 90 days. He says, all right. You say, well, I don't want it today. I just wanted to get it arranged because there's something coming up. And if the money doesn't come in by a certain time, then I'll need this. All right, when you need it, just come and get it. You can have it, the banker says. Now you have your banker's word for it. But then you say to your wife, I'm afraid he won't do that. Well, you're going to have to act on what he said. Believe what he said to get the money. You can't take sides against what he said and not go down there and go through the transaction of signing the note to get the money. By the same token, if you're going to take sides against the word of God and say, no, that's not going to work, that doesn't work, it didn't work, I prayed but it didn't work, then you're saying that what God said isn't so. You're taking sides against the word and you're giving the lie to his word and it certainly isn't going to work for you and you're taking sides against it. Side in with God's word. All right. This is the confidence. This is the boldness. Thank God we can be bold about it. We can have confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now, I don't know about you, but I just believe that this word is true. I believe that. I know he hears me. I know he has heard me. How do I know it? Because it's according to his will. Then if it's according to his will, I know he heard me. And if he heard me, then the text said we have this confidence that if he, we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions. We have them. Praise God. That we desired of him. I know I have them. How do I know I have them? Because I know he heard me. How do I know he heard me? Because it's his will. How do I know it's his will? Because his word says so. If he doesn't keep his word, then he is a liar. If his word's no good, then he is no good. You know that you and your word are one. And if your word is no good, then you are no good. We are known by our word. Now, this is truth in the natural. If a person's word is of no value, when you quote that person, people just laugh at you. Accordingly, if God's word is no good, when we quote his word, we should just laugh at God because there's nothing to him. But thank God his word is good. He keeps his word. We know that healing the sick is his will. Now, don't we know that? How do we know that? We know that because the scripture tells us that Christ bore our infirmities and carried our disease. We know that because the word of God said, by whose stripes ye were healed. Now we need to get the word settled in our hearts. 
we, particularly in full gospel circles, have divine healing as one of our fundamental beliefs. I've read most of the statements of fundamental truths that full gospel churches believe and supposedly preach, whether they do or not. And they make the, the statement of healing and give scripture to back it up. Such scriptures as Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, which states, Surely hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes were healed. And then again, Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Then I found this out, and really it's quite strange to me coming from a denominational background, that people would uh, state that they believe one thing and practice something else. Now I received light on divine healing on the bed of affliction, just a uh, I tell folks all the time, an old Baptist boy reading Grandma's Methodist Bible. And I received my healing. I fellowship with full gospel people because they believe in divine healing. And when I found out that they taught the Baptist and the Holy Ghost, I was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. Then in preaching in full gospel circles, someone would come for healing after the service very often. Now I have in mind a young lady who came with a baby in her arms. The baby was sick. And she wanted the pastor and me to pray for the healing of this child. Now really, she came to the pastor, and he said, Brother Hagin, pray with me here for this child. Well, we laid hands on the baby. I began to pray in faith, believing the word, that himself took that child's infirmities and bare that child's diseases, so that that baby would not have to bear them. I was appropriating that promise, but I heard the pastor say, Lord, heal this child if it is your will. Well, I'll tell you, I wish for the boldness of Smith Wigglesworth, but you know I'm just not of that nature. You have to be who you are, you know. But Wigglesworth was quite bold. And he would just yell right out loud, Stop him, stop him, oh God, stop him. Right now he's charging the atmosphere with unbelief. And you know that needs to be done sometimes. But I'm just simply not that nature. Anyway, a pastor uh, who knew Wigglesworth personally, for whom when he was a young minister, Wigglesworth had preached a meeting, said they went out to eat together. And that Wigglesworth asked him, the pastor, to pray. So he bowed his head in public, you know, in the cafe, and softly prayed. And he said Wigglesworth just shouted right out loud so that everyone all over the restaurant could hear him. My God, young man, if you're going to pray, pray. Don't just sit there and mumble over your food. He jumped to his feet, lifted both of his hands, and started praying at the top of his voice right there in the restaurant. He was of the nature that he believed if you were going to do something, do it. And if you're not, then just shut up about it. Well, I don't know, but what he's just about right about it. You know what I mean. He tells about one such incident in his book, Ever Increasing Faith. Now, if you don't have one, get it. I've worn out four or five of them. I just keep reading it over and over again because it feeds me. After all, I keep going to the table and eating. I've had eggs for breakfast the past uh, number of years. Now, I'm not going to quit eating them just because I've had them last year. Are you going to quit eating bacon because you had bacon last year? No, I ate bacon for breakfast 20 years ago, and I still eat it because it's good. Do you see what I'm talking about? Don't just read these books and lay them down and forget them. Don't just read these Bible lessons and lay them down and forget them. It won't do you much good. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the Overcoming Prayer Package, which includes the Art of Prayer book by Kenneth E. Hagan and the three CD series from Ken Hagan, Prayer, the Power Plant of the Church. Both tremendous resources are just $29.95. That's a savings of $6 off the retail price. 
Call 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. Guess what else is happening really soon? The Christmas, Christmas lights. lights. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. On Wednesday night before, before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. They, they come on and they stay on till midnight on New, New Year's, Year's Day. Oh, well, about New 11 Year's o'clock Day. on New Year's yes. night. Yes. New Year's night. They're out there putting up lights now. That's right. They're hurriedly getting <laughs> them all hurried. done. I mean, they started in 1st of September, so they're uh-huh. on the downhill slide That's right, right now. And I'll tell you what, this campus looks so beautiful with all of the lights um, glowing. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. If you're in, anywhere in the area, or it's just worth the drive to come down and see. It is. The two million I mean, lights. People come from Kansas and Arkansas and all over Oklahoma. They come in from everywhere. I saw church bus is last year from Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, mm-hmm. as I was out here on the campus, and these buses would drive through, and then you can see, you know, certain certain church from so somewhere in Arkansas, right. Kansas, Missouri, they come in from all over. You might want to come too. It's something to see. Call today to get this month's special offer, the Overcoming Prayer Package, which includes the Art of Prayer book by Kenneth E. Hagan and the three CD series from Ken Hagan, Prayer, the Power Plant of the Church. Both tremendous resources are just $29.95. That's a savings of $6 off the retail price. Call now. The number to call is 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, the will of God in prayer. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.